and welcome to Popcorn Optional, the weekly movie review podcast with myself, Cameron Salina, and my co-hosts, Jake Brown and Trevor Allison. How are we doing tonight, guys? Doing great, man. So, so good. Tonight, we will be talking the brand new DC comic book superhero movie film, Wonder Woman, which came out this past weekend. I am so excited to talk about this movie with you guys. A lot of really great points. Let's go ahead and jump right into our trailers, weekly talk about trailers. So the big trailer that came out this week is Orient or Murder on the Orient Express. How did you guys feel? We texted a little bit about this, but I want to get uh, more in-depth thoughts. Jake, how do you feel about this trailer? Well, I have very limited like experience with this story. I know it's kind of famous just kind of famous <laughs> um <laughs> i know it's quite famous but my my experience with it is the uh the 30 rock episode where they parodied this film slash book so i have like no buy-in at all to this no buy-in at all to this series or this this film this story and i mean like based on the cast i want to see it but this is not a good trailer like especially the imagine dragon song not feeling it Trevor, what what do you think? Um, yeah, it's not a great trailer for me. It played better on the big screen than it did, like watching it on my computer or my phone. I don't know why that is, um, but but I maybe it was like the twenty foot tall Kenneth Branagh's face with that mustache <laughs> that really drew me in. Um, but yeah, does I, that not make you guys think of Jeff Bridges though? Oh, like, yeah. I legitimately thought he Jeff does, Bridges. He does was in this look movie. a little bit like Jeff Bridges. That's true. It's a but glorious. Yeah, the cast mustache. is. The cast is fantastic. Um, I I love I love Kenneth Branagh. I think he's great. Um, I think he's a solid director as well. So I'm interested, but it it almost has that like too many famous people are involved kind of feel also. Mm-hmm. This is the sequel to New thing, Year's. Though. The sequel to that Valentine's Day New oh, Year's Eve series. <laughs> hey, those movies are fantastic. You you watch what you say. There is not a single bad thing about those movies. <laughs> but so I, I I legitimately I was all in on this trailer. And I think part of it was just the cast list. If you guys saw the videos of Josh Gad tormenting Daisy Ridley with Star Wars questions, oh. that came from the set of this movie. Those are so funny. <laughs> That's so good. So that was that was my buy-in. I was kind of in just based on wow, that look those behind the scenes videos are so fun. The trailers, I don't like trailers that are just, let's waltz every single person's name or face on screen just so we can get through our enormous cast. I think it's too early to judge this film, but I think this is a very poor trailer as far as making me interested in the movie. Let's be honest, we have a movie podcast, we'll probably end up seeing it no matter what, (laughs) but as far as interest goes, my interest is very... Very low right now. Also, uh, it's being released in November, so that means the studio thinks something of it. Well, that means the studio thinks something of it, but there's tons of times where studios think this movie is going to be fantastic and it bombs. Sure, and, sure. I mean, just think of like last year there was gold with Matthew McConaughey, and ever like they put it at the end of December, limited release. Same with Live by Night, the new Ben Affleck film. Everybody was freaking out. They're going, these movies are going to be amazing. And they're both terrible movies. So I'm not going to buy into it just based on its release date. Kenneth Branagh, Trevor, as you said, is a terrific director. I loved 
Cinderella. I don't know if you guys saw the new live action Cinderella. I thought it was heartwarming and enchanting. So I'll leave it at that. That's I'm I'm meh on this movie right now. It could go either way, but it does have an impressive cast, and that's one place to start. What do you guys think of like what about the Imagine Dragons song? Like, what's the deal with that? Didn't need it. I didn't need it. Ugh. Did you guys see the uh, YouTube video where they replaced the Imagine Dragon songs with a bunch of other random songs? Mm-mm. So there's a YouTube video going around, and it, it's titled Murder on the Orient Express trailer with proper music. <laughs> and so I went into it thinking, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. And it's literally just the end of the movie with a bunch of different famous songs instead of the Imagine Dragon song. And the first one that comes up is DMX, X going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's so perfect. That's so good. Like I, I I would be so much more in for this movie if that had been like, oh my goodness, it works so perfect in such a comedic way that I'm guessing they're not going for. But it was kind of comedic anyways with the Imagine Dragons song. So that's fine. I think with the Imagine Dragons, they they are like now in the category of we're we're done. Like they're now in the category yep. of we're done with that song in in movies in trailers. Um, the uh, like uh, a lot of White Stripes songs are like that. Immigrant song, Led Zepp, like done. It's dead. Kings and yep. Queens by Thirty Seconds yeah. Tomorrow. Yep. Queen, it's over. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm kind of over it. It. I think the reason why it feels so oft is often Imagine Dragons songs, and this isn't a knock on Imagine Dragons. I'm not their biggest fan, but you can knock them. I mean this more as a knock. Okay, well we'll, we'll knock them. <laughs> <laughs> more often than not, their songs are used in really terrible like m- trailers that are geared towards teens. Like they're used in a lot of young adult book trailers mm-hmm. for like the movie, the host, there was an imagine dragon song. It's like, I think I hear it and subconsciously think terrible movies. And so it kind of gives me this bad taste in my That's mouth. That's what you want. That may be part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I love listening to music and having a bad taste in my mouth. That's exactly. Exactly. That's how I pick my choices. <laughs> I listen to the Beatles and I'm like, mm, yeah, good tasting. Well, like the, the the Justice League trailer has the White Stripes song and it's it's just so like, yeah, rock and roll. We're cool now. And it, I was so visually stimulated. Yeah. I didn't even notice the music in that trailer. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that trailer getting into Wonder Woman. Like, what did you guys think? What was shocking to me was the Justice League trailer actually didn't play ahead of my screening of Wonder Woman. I've seen it, though. Did it play in front of both of your guys' screenings? It didn't yeah, for me. I saw it. I was surprised it didn't play in front of mine. I I actually hadn't seen it. And and what I felt, I thought it was kind of a fun trailer and an interesting trailer. Um, if only because I felt like the message of the trailer was we promise this movie is better than Batman versus Superman. Please come see it anyway. And And that's the frustrating thing is I felt like Batman versus Superman was, Hey, we're going to right the wrongs of man of steel. This isn't what you guys think it is. We're going to take things seriously this time around. And then like, there's part of me that loves that they listen to their fans. And there's part of me that just goes, just make your own movie. Like who cares what people say, have a vision, go for it. Who cares what people are going to say? If it's good, we'll buy into it. Like, yeah, that's I don't what, think there's anybody that stuff. was going into. Yeah. Just make good stuff. Don't worry about response. Like there's a certain level of, and I get that it's a comic book. And so they want to please fans, but there's a certain 
it almost feels like they're just pandering to everybody out there to go like, oh, you guys didn't like this? Okay, we're, we're, let's make sure that the marketing for this has tons of comedy. Yeah. So that people understand that this is not as serious of a film as it was in Batman vs. Superman. I think I, I think it's a bigger problem like in general with marketing currently. Um, like since the theater industry is in decline, I feel like their solution should be, you know, make better movies or market smarter. Uh, but it seems like instead they think people are stupid. So let's just market that way. And it's like they're giving everything away in the trailers. They're like, hey, here's a top 40 song. Boom. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's this poster with all of these famous people that you like with their faces horribly photoshopped on it. I don't care. You're going to see it anyways. It's just like so offensively bad the way studios have been marketing recently. Yeah, it's. I don't. I think we we've talked about this multiple times, but the need to show everything is the most irritating point. It, 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 in the lead up to Wonder Woman, the trailers I felt were great, but one of the frustrations was, and now seeing it, we'll talk about this a little, was that every single major set piece is shown in the movie. There's nothing that we can really be surprised about because we've kind of seen, even if we haven't seen everything, we've seen every stage of the movie in some form, and. I wish that studios would just, I wish there was like a rule that studios abided by where they were like, Hey, all we're going to do is market the first third of our movie. We're not going to show squat from the last two thirds of the movie. Yeah. That yeah. leaves so much. And what drives people in movie theaters isn't trailers. Contrary to popular belief, it's word of mouth. If you have a great movie that people are talking about, look at get out. Like get out. Didn't necessarily have fantastic trailers. They were decent but what got people to go see get out like crazy was the word of mouth behind it it's not how you market it it's how you have audience members market it for you if it's good they're gonna flock to it like look at star wars nobody you could literally show not a single scene from star wars have the trailer literally just be 30 seconds of the word the last jedi and people would go see it yeah, that's that's a great point, Cam. So, and I think it's yeah. so interesting because it's like, what's weird is there's a market for like high quality marketing content, like like Mondo. If you look at those movie posters, like people will pay so mm-hmm. much money for that stuff, and they love that stuff. And for Guilty. some reason, studios instead think it's a good idea to just like mask out characters from the movie and just throw them all together on a poster and it's like boom there's our poster and it gets mocked and there's no buy-in it's just pointless it's basically like here's some celebrities in a release date hope you come um whereas it doesn't tell me anything about the world it doesn't tell me anything about the mood or the genre of the film like those mondo posters do yeah, yeah. It's, Trevor, what are your thoughts on I, movie marketing nowadays? I think that movie posters is sort of a weird thing because it used to be that movie posters as you were walking to the theaters was how you knew something was coming up soon. But now we have so many other ways to find things. I think that might be a little bit of why um, some of the art, the the artistic level is dropped. It, I mean, like the Spider-Man Homecoming and the Transformers last night both look like they were done by interns who were just hired out of college. Um, as opposed to the, like the Mondo who were done by true artists or like the, 
the freaking best movie poster of all time, which is the original Star Wars one mm-hmm. with Luke Skywalker holding a lightsaber above his head. Like that's how you show all the characters in a beautiful artistic way, not in a just like here are the faces of the famous people that we know you like. Oh, and here's also a new young guy, Tom Holland. He's cool and he can dance. Come see this movie. Yeah. But like um, if you look at the new Guardians, like Star Wars inspired poster that like went super viral and we're, yeah. we're in an age now where everyone is talking with the visual language. Like since we all have cameras and photo editing apps and Instagram and Twitter, like everyone's able to speak in the visual language now. And so I feel like it's super important for studios to be able to understand if you have good visual marketing. Yes, what Cameron said is true. Like word of mouth is the most important thing. But like if you can get me to stop my in my scroll state and look at your image, like that's a huge win. Um, when there's so much other media, like so much other media out there taking up my attention, why would you not want to invest a little more time in something that grabs my precious attention? I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's such a easy, obvious thing, but, uh, we'll talk more about that, about how studios are so stupid. Yeah, to bring this, to put a nice little bow on this conversation, I will say, I think the murder on the Orient Express poster is very nice. Um, yes. I do have a quibble with listing the much. name of every single actor, but besides <laughs> that, the train with the red smoke, it's beautiful. It's simple. Um, I think, I think that that does a really nice job that does make you stop and look and see what it is. That gives me more of a mood for the movie than the whole trailer does. I feel like, like that poster had me really interested because they released that the day before the trailer came out and I was pretty psyched based on that. I mean, it looked like dark, gritty, suspenseful, and the trailer really feels, I don't, just feels mixed tonally. Um, I will say, as far as movie posters go, there's a fascinating documentary out there called Drew the Man Behind the Poster, which is about Drew Struzan, who, I mean, name an iconic poster from the 70s or 80s or 90s, and he probably did it. He did Star Wars, he did Indiana Jones, he did Back to the Future, he did Harry Potter, the early um, posters for the first two movies. This guy, he did the thing poster. This guy is truly, when you talk about the word iconic, this guy has created some of the most iconic imagery in posters ever. And he was a true artist that studios would hire. I don't know why studios don't get true artists to do posters anymore. Trevor, like you said, it feels like interns are doing, doing these instead of getting people that are big deals. If Mondo can get, you know, Ali Moss to do a three amazing Star Wars posters. Why can't Lucasfilm hire him to do official one sheets for the actual movie? It blows my mind that studios haven't caught on to this. I don't know if it's a pricing thing or what, but nobody out there in their right mind thinks that any of the posters modern studios are putting out are good. There's a couple posters in the past couple of years that have been good, but that's a couple out of every movie releases like what, 10 posters? And there's probably like, 10 posters in the past 10 years that have actually been good posters. So, yeah, I don't know. I wish, I wish they would hire actual artists. It's weird to do bad posters, posters. bad music and giving everything away in trailers. Not great. Yes. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. I'm to the point where I just like, I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to see anything. I just want to walk into a movie blind. I feel like that would have made this movie. Well, we'll talk about it, but that would have made, sorry, changed a lot of things. 
I just don't watch the trailers of movies I know I want to see. I just don't do it because it's not like you said. It's too it's too easy to to see too much. Yeah, but what do you do when you're in a theater? Then do you like block your eyes and uh, sit there with your hat? Yeah, that's what I did when with the second Star Wars trailer. I think I went to the bathroom. Actually, I was like, I don't need this. <laughs> I just I don't want to be that guy sitting there staring at his lap for twenty minutes as they're playing trailers. Yeah, well, so I'll, I, I don't every know. Star Wars trailer should just be like the a voiceover of Alec Guinness from episode four and then like action shots from the new movie. That's all they need to be. 30 seconds long Star Wars trailers. For the Not even that. I mean, you can literally show us, you could show Star Wars fans one single shot of an Island. They would pick it apart, tell you everything about that Island, have multiple fan theories about what that Island means to the mythology of the universe. <laughs> That's almost more interesting to me than like a whole trailer where there's like 20 different shots and the journey of wills. And okay. Is there Luke levitating or not? I mean, there's all these different things that you can get into, but that's the thing is studios don't need to market big films like that. So why give us too much when you can get an even better result by giving us absolutely or almost absolutely nothing. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. Well, that wraps up our conversation on trailers, movie marketing this week. We are going to dig into Wonder Woman right now. And before we actually get into Wonder Woman, what I want to dig into is the background of the DC Cinematic Universe, the DCCU. What's your guys, have you guys seen, this is the fourth film in the DC Cinematic Universe. Have you guys seen all the other ones, Man of Steel, um, Batman vs. Superman, and Suicide Squad? I have not seen Suicide Squad. I, I was I had plans okay. too, and then the reviews kind of put it on the back burner, and I just haven't ended up seeing it. Yeah, same with me. I saw Man of Steel, uh, Batman versus Superman, and then after Batman versus Superman, I was like, I'm done. I don't need to see anything else for a while. I wasn't even <laughs> until like a week and a half or two weeks ago. I wasn't super excited or even really looking forward to seeing Wonder Woman at all. Same. Yeah. I, th- I think the hype for that kind of ramped up in the past two weeks, which is interesting in that there wasn't anything necessarily shown. Once again, it was word of mouth of getting really good reviews from early screenings that kind of got that word out there. This movie was originally projected to make only $50 million on opening weekend, which isn't bad. But as far as superhero films go, it's way underperforming actually ended up doing 105, $103 million, which breaks the record for the highest opening for a female director ever. This movie also breaks the record for the highest, or this is actually the only film ever to have a hundred plus million dollar budget for a female director. It got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the first, it's the second highest DC film ever reviewed behind The Dark Knight, which got a 94 Wow. Some other popular films that are at that same ranking, 93% for Logan, 94% for Iron Man, 92% for the Avengers, and 91% for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not one to say that Rotten Tomatoes is a big deal, but the fact that this movie is doing as well critically as it is kind of puts a stamp on the fact that this is where DC should be going. (laughs) Like, give us more Wonder Woman. It's great. But out of curiosity, do you guys happen to know the highest rated superhero film of all time on Rotten Tomatoes? 
Is it is it the Adam West Batman from like 1966? No, it is not. This movie came out in the early 2000s. Spider-Man 2? Close, but not close. It's The Incredibles with a 97%. Uh, oh, sure, of course. Of course. My favorite Pixar that movie. That was everybody's first guess. Superheroes. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's I love that movie. It's so good. They are making a second one. So, if we're still around in a couple years, maybe we'll we'll, we'll review it. We'll all be dead by then, so. <laughs> we will. Oh, that was what I was alluding to. It's a dark time for all of us. This is by far the darkest timeline for those of you that watch community. But okay, so we've all seen Batman versus Superman. What were your guys' thoughts as for Wonder Woman as a character strictly in the Batman versus Superman film? Jake, what are your thoughts? Um, in Batman versus Superman, I mean, I was intrigued by Wonder Woman. Like she was a uh, a dim light in the utter darkness that was that film. Um, I thought Gal Gadot was interesting. She did like she just didn't have much to do. Um, when she was on screen, she was great, but I I had no buy in uh, really at all. So yeah, coming into Wonder Woman, I was like kind of how Trevor said, lukewarm to kind of doubtful. Uh, but yeah, that that's that was my previous Wonder Woman experience. Trevor, what about you? Yeah, I think I think that Gal Gadot is a scene scene stealer um, or a screen stealer, whichever. Um, I think that she does draw your attention, but yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't enough. I think that um, in general, I, I still don't know a ton about Wonder Woman after seeing this film. I, I I'd always kind of leaned more towards more towards Marvel, um, especially in the last few years, with the exception of Batman. So I don't know a ton about Wonder Woman, but I, I felt like um, I, I guess I'm kind of used to this with superhero movies now. I felt like I would have enjoyed her more in Batman versus Superman if this had come first, maybe uh, just kind of throwing the character in. I'm not sure that that works anymore with these giant universes. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Trev. I, I rewatched Batman versus Superman this week. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. Why would you do that to yourself? I, I, I had a friend who had told me, Hey, you should just watch it one more time. Just give it a chance. And so I was, I was honestly curious and going into this movie, I felt like I kind of had a reason. So I rewatched it. It's still terrible. <laughs> the sad. So this is the frustrating part is there are some parts of that movie that are legitimately great parts. Um, like Batman's fight in the end of the movie where he's going to save Cla- or Martha Kent. That's a pretty great scene. There's some really fun parts, but 90% of the movie is just garbage. Yeah, and I just, I just reread. Frustrating. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just I I just I reread the plot summary on Wikipedia to kind of refresh my memory about it, and it is a garbage story. Yeah, I was just I was, was reading garbage. it. I was like, how did this How did this make it out of the room? How did this make it? Like, who? How many people greenlit this, and what's going on here? Warner Brothers. The fact that they thought just having moms with the same name that they're like, hey guys, what if the reason that they come together is that their moms have the same name? And right as Batman's about to kill him, he goes, save Martha. And that's what brings them together. That's (laughs) how does that ever get on screen? Who's like, how is it that there's, I mean, there has to be hundreds of people this movie goes through before it makes it to the big screen. How is it that nobody's like, um, Hey guys, that scene's going to be terrible. Just so everybody is aware of that. Um, 
But yeah, Batman vs. Superman is a whole other film we could get into where trailers ruined a lot of the surprises. But we are not going to get into that because we're reviewing Wonder Woman. So, Wonder Woman, directed by director Patty Jenkins, whose only other feature film is Monster, starring Charlize Theron, where Charlize Theron won her only Academy Award for Best Actress, came out in 2003. That was the last time that Patty Jenkins directed a movie, was 2003. She's been doing a couple TV shows since then. She did an episode of Arrested Development. I think she's done like two TV movies. But for 14 years, she's kind of just done a couple things here or there, and then got Wonder Woman and did a fantastic job. But IMDb... For the synopsis of the movie says, Before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, princess of the Amazons, trained warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, she leaves home to fight a war to end all wars, discovering her full powers and true destiny. Let's go ahead and get into our general thoughts of the movie. Jake, let's start with you. What were your general thoughts of Wonder Woman? Yeah, um... I really liked this movie. I was not expecting it to be great based on our past experience in this new uh, DC Snyder verse. And <laughs> I just I just want to get something out of the way. I wish that was the name. Yeah, that would be great. I want to get something out of the way real quick. Like, obviously, Zack Snyder has had to step away because his daughter committed suicide. And that's like crazy. And like thoughts and prayers with his family. And in no way does like that reflect his filmmaking career, and neither does his filmmaking career reflect him as a person. Like, clearly, want the best for him, and any criticism that we give is just on him as a filmmaker, not as a person. I'm glad he stepped away; he did the right thing. Um, now that we've gotten that preface out of the way, that we're good people. Uh, his movies are horrible. We're not all complete <laughs> horrible people. Yeah, but his movies are terrible. Like, he is not a good filmmaker. He he. His movies in the DC universe or his movies as a whole? Uh, I mean, somewhat as a whole, but specifically the... Because I could make an argument that 300, Dawn of the Dead are pretty good films. Yeah, like, they're not bad. Like, they're Watchmen good. Watchmen is pretty good, too. I know that's an yeah. unpopular opinion. They're not horrible. They're just not great. Like, they weren't... I don't think his filmmaking career justifies giving him this franchise um, like to sure. be the, the Feige over. Um, and then his first two films were horrible. DC like desperately needed this movie to be good. Um, desperately needed this to be good. And like before this, there was no fun, no lightheartedness. Um, yet somehow this movie still feels set in that dark universe, but is fun and light and heavy at the same time. And it's just like a breath of fresh air. Gal Gadot is fantastic. Chris Pine is fantastic. People need to stop complaining about castings before they actually see the movie. Like the amount of people that complained about Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, he was the only good thing about that movie. Like <laughs> casting directors have a job for a reason. Uh, this movie was really well balanced. Um, I just, Pat, Patty Jenkins, well done. Incredible film for what it is. Uh, the pressure that was on her, not only for this to be good critically, financially, but as a woman directing this kind of film and, 
she and Gal Gadot just knocked it out of the park. I I really enjoyed this movie. Trevor, what are, what are your opinions? Yeah, I freaking love this movie. It's so good. It this this movie like stuck with me all. I saw it last night. It kind of stuck with me all day today, and I just kept thinking about it. So many things, and it. it's so good. Um, I think I, I kind of I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or just when I was talking with you guys a couple weeks ago, but I I said I said I hoped in this film that with Zack Snyder's influence on the the Snyderverse and the him being a producer, I I hoped that we would get the good Zack Snyder without the bad Zack Snyder, and I think that's what we got. We got we got some of the I mean there you can definitely see his influence on the action, you can see his influence on a lot of the visual parts of this film, but we didn't get kind of these slog of a story. Um, Patty Jenkins did a, an amazing job putting this thing together. Um, it's, it's, it's paced well, it flows well. The score backs the action incredibly well. Um, I think this is the best movie that I've seen this year. Um, and I think it, it's as good as any of the Marvel movies. Um, it, it, at least in the discussion to be, um, this was, this was just truly great. Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, both, amazing i think this is chris pine's best performance in anything um the the subtleties that he shows on screen in certain scenes are just uh gut-wrenching at times um this is just this is a great film and i i i I heard the hype i expected it to be like kind of fun and go and kind of go with the flow um be enjoyable but but this is a great film they had one reshoot all they had to reshoot one scene and it had no And that scene's key, actually pretty great. Yeah. No key no key moment to the plot, really. Um, but that just shows like a well Also Gal Gadot was five months pregnant. Yeah. It just shows a really well thought out, planned, scripted, directed film. And it I I'm I can talk about this movie forever. This is DC's Iron Man, finally. Cam, what are your opinions? I think it's better than Iron Man. Oh, Ooh, hot take! Wow, I, th- I think it is. That's an interesting argument. I think. Okay, so let me let me say a couple things. I'm a big fan of Man of Steel. I like Man of Steel quite a bit. I understand its shortcomings, but I think it's in the scale of big blo- big blockbuster films. It's one of the better ones. There's a lot of heavy handedness when it comes to certain metaphors, but I dig it. I like it. And for all the bad things about Zack Snyder, there is nobody out there that can say that he doesn't know how to make a film look good or also how to direct stunts in a film. He has a certain style that you watch a film and you're like, that's a Zack Snyder film. I can tell. And he's developed this whole style on his own. So props to him for that. I saw this movie last out of the three of us. And so I had been hyped by critics. I had been hyped by you guys. I went into it today and watched it and was pleasantly surprised. I don't know if I'm as high on it as you two are, but I liked it quite a bit. Um, Gail Gadot is fantastic. She's, I don't know how she's not a big star. She almost quit acting before being in this, before being cast in this role, which just blows my mind. She manages to balance like this naivete and also like this raw vulnerability with, like strong morals and powerful character. She's amazing in this movie. She's somehow like foolish and at the same time and completely endearing. Like the times when she's naive or you just, most times when somebody's naive like that in a movie, it's kind of 
wears on you, but she's so endearing in those moments. It blows my mind. There's so many things in this movie that shouldn't work. Like the fact that she has the costume, the lasso, the theme of the whole movie of like what her mission is shouldn't work. But in the hands of Patty Jenkins and in Gal Gadot and Chris Pine's acting, it works and it's amazingly pulled off. I'm shocked they were able to pull this off with how many different things they had working against them. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. There's a couple problems I have with it that we'll get into when we get into spoilers because there's a lot of this movie that I feel like to talk about we have to spoil. But yeah, it's by far the best DC film uh, in the DC cinematic universe. I would argue you, Trevor, that I think Iron Man is... Uh, Iron Man's just fantastic in my opinion, but not to take away from this film, this film's great. It's a success. DC should be proud of this. I'll watch any Wonder Woman film from here on out just because this film's so charming but manages to balance really complex themes with with also really heartwarming set pieces. Like you guys said, Chris Pine's great. Gal Gadot's great. It's a pretty good movie. But yeah, those are our general thoughts. We're going to go ahead... Hop into spoilers because we want to talk fully about this movie. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, please stop listening. Go see it. It's well worth your money. It's well worth. It's probably the best film of this summer season so far. Like it's by. I think it's better than Guardians Two. Yep. Better than King Arthur. Better than Pirates. Better than Alien. It's by far the best film that's come out in this summer blockbuster season. Go see it. It's well worth your money. You will enjoy it. I promise you that. My only complaint right, so was in- when Jack Sparrow was like wandering through the no man's land. Like, why do we have to have all these crossover? No, I'm just kidding. That would, that would be horrible. What a crossover that would be. Man, if they show us a film of Gal Gadot, like Jack Sparrow's ship comes into Themyscira and it's like a pirate battle with the Amazon women. Uh, like, guys, that would just guys be- DC owns Jack Sparrow and Marvel. So be careful what you wish for. Or sorry, Disney does. Oh, sorry, gosh. I didn't mean to say DC. Disney owns Jack Sparrow and Marvel, so be careful what what you wish for. Wonder Woman's in the that DC, makes me think of so it does. I know I'm that makes saying, me I'm think of it could Oswald's. happen in a different universe. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Have that. you guys seen? You got, well, we've talked about Parks and Rec. That makes me think of when Patton Oswalt <laughs> tried to pitch his whole thing so as a good. filibuster. As a filibuster, and, it's so good. <laughs> After a beat, we see a gloved Mandarin armor hand. (laughs) (laughs) What a great, great bit. Um, Okay, we're going to go ahead and get into spoilers. So, my biggest problem with this film is the villain. And I'm not talking about Danny Houston. He's great. He's fantastic. Dr. Poison's fine. She seems to be a plot device and how she's and what she's creating is then motivating them to put them on a time scale to get to this factory. But the biggest problem I have with this movie is the twist at the end where David Thewlis, who streamus Lupin and Harry Potter, he's a fantastic actor. I love him. He's great, but it's revealed that his character, Sir Patrick Morgan is actually Aries. That to me just felt like such a, like the movie was batting a thousand up until that point, not a thousand. It was batting like 95% up until that point. But 
when that twist comes, it feels like such a twist for having a twist sake. Does that make sense? It's just, it felt like it didn't need to be in there. Like, they, they, they Aries might as well have just been a random face that just comes down at the end after Wonder Woman kills Lindenberg, thinking that he's Aries. It, it feels so forced just so they can have a twist. And also, when David Thewlis actually starts to put on the armor of Ares, I don't know if it's the mustache or what, but he felt completely out of place as <laughs> that character. There was no part of Ares that felt menacing. He felt way more menacing when he was in the suit and had the lasso of truth around him and was still able to be mischievous and kind of break free. That was great, but it's... I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that twist in the third act? I like. I was I was surprised by the twist. Like the twist, I got was me. too. It got yeah, me. Yeah, and I liked it. Like I, I was glad to see that it it like it wasn't all in her imagination. But at the same time, it like totally wasn't what she expected. And it was a character that we had found endearing, but turns out he was the one pulling the strings and sending like sending them into these situations to possibly keep the war going. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I agree with you, Cameron, though. Like, Ares looked horrible. Um, did not like the look of Ares, but I thought, um, his performance was great. I thought the character was great. I, I liked the twist and, and what it did for the script and what it did for the character development. Um, and that final battle was awesome. Like, I think one of my favorite things about this film is it's actually coherent action that is important and easy to follow, which is something that we haven't really had in the last two DC films. Um, so I, I'm fine with it. I definitely understand like your hesitancy and cause I kind of, like I said, like Aries didn't look that great. Um, but it, the twist worked and the action was great for me. I agree. I, I think it worked for me. It was a it was a good twist. It it surprised me on almost like the M Night Shyamalan level of whoa, whoa didn't see that coming. But then as soon as you see his face in that watchtower, you're like, of course, of course. Um, but but like 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 you said, Jake, he was an endearing character. I even saw him. I was like I was like, oh, David Thewlis. Haven't seen him in a while. I like him. <laughs> And then, and you know, but I mean, you know, I didn't that, even know he was in this movie. I didn't either. And you know that, I mean, you know that Ludendorff is not Aries. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right the whole time. So, so you're kind of like, is, is Ludendorff going to be the main bad guy? Is the showdown going to happen with him getting super strength after the gas and that kind of thing? Um, and I kind of like that they built up to that a little bit. And then she was able to kill him so easily because she's awesome. And, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. And she was like, whatever. Um, I, I do agree about the look of Ares. Um, I, I, it was kind of neat how he, he pulled together his armor and everything from like the wreckage of things around him. But I don't, I don't love the end product, especially in a film where I think the rest of the costuming and production design was just off the charts. Fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I, yeah. that one felt that did fall flat for me, but I, I do agree. Um, uh, Jake, that the action was great. Um, 
I mean, in the whole film, especially in this, um, I think what made this scene so good, the action is because there's a lot of overhead shots and high shots and wide shots, not just face shots, hand shots, feet shots. Like we, we get to see the whole thing and we see the scope of it. Um, we see like the space that it takes up for two gods or demigods to fight each other. Like that takes up space, you know? Um, so, but yeah, the, the villain worked for me. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting twist. And I think it rolls into the whole theme of, of is, is man good? Is man bad? Is man worth saving? I think that having, having him play such a hands-off role, um, really kind of deepens the the meaning of what this film is getting at. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, you guys have given some pretty compelling arguments against that. I don't know if it's just that I was so caught off like the movie was just so smooth before that and that felt like a hiccup but yeah you guys make some great arguments for that you guys both mentioned the action the action in this film is just fantastic that first battle on the actual front lines like you're pumped after that after that scene i was like yeah i'm ready to grab a shield and go deflect bullets too like let's do this and that's the best thing that an action movie can do is makes you hype to actually like you're like we are let's go do something crazy i mean it was fantastic there's like there's a shot that stuck with me the entire day and it's the shot on this beach when the germans invade the beach and the amazons come up and antiope or however you say her name uh diana's aunt who's played by robin wright jumps over a shield pretty much and then turns midair and shoots three arrows at germans and it was just like that was one of those scenes like I could just watch that shot. Yeah. Over the, and over. It the, was fantastic. The, the fighting style of the Amazons is unlike anything I can remember seeing in a film. And it was just uh, fantastic. The way the way that they that they move and use like everything around them and every part of their body, every weapon they have, um, the way they work together. All of those things were, were really a, a new kind of fresh thing that I thought was a lot of fun. I loved the action in this movie and uh, Cameron, what you were talking about, the no man's land scene. I literally had chills when that scene was yeah. over. And oh, my yeah. favorite, my favorite part about that scene is it's, it's inspiring action that moves the character forward because literally the entire film up until that men are telling her, no, like, what are you doing here? Put your sword away. Get out of this room. That's not what we're here to do. You can't help them. And Chris Pine says multiple times, it's not what we're here to do. And she says, you're right, but it's what I'm going to do. And then she gets up, grabs her shield. And like, it just that she became Wonder Woman in that moment. That is the Batman doc scene from Batman Begins. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 yeah. that scene, that scene is incredible and then the action that follows it is awesome um guys when she when she town yeah yeah when she destroys the sniper tower that's like the most badass thing i've i've one of the most badass things i've ever seen in a movie that was just amazing what, what blows my mind is um so the scene where she like goes against pine and says it's what i'm going to do and steps up onto no man's land the studio tried to cut that that was like the one scene what? that Patty Jenkins was like, I am not going to let you cut that because they were like, what's the, there's no action here. And she was like, it's when she becomes Wonder Woman. This is how stupid Warner Brothers like that's is. That's the first guys. time we see the costume. Yeah. This is how and dumb like, Warner Brothers is. Just so everybody knows how dumb they are. There's that scene in every single movie that, in good movies at least, that defines the movie. 
And this is that scene for me. Like when, if I want to show somebody, okay, you have two minutes worth of screen time to show me what is Wonder Woman as a movie. I feel like with no background whatsoever, I can show you that scene of her walking into the trench and then walking up the ladder onto no man's land and getting over to the other side. And the emotions are the same, regardless of what you've seen the past 45 minutes before that. That's how powerful that scene is, is that you don't need any context whatsoever. And that scene works as a scene by itself. And it even works more when you put it in the context of the movie, like it blows my mind that the studio would want to cut that. Why? Who in the studio is like, yeah, this this scene's terrible, guys. That's Nobody like the most. This. That's like the most important thing we know about the character is is her decision to act in that in that exact situation. Like that's that's like her defining moment of characterization. Guys, I'm. This is There's, why Warner Brothers is stupid. I'm telling you. I'm also, trying to that, inform that, the audience. <laughs> the shot of her by herself in no man's land before anyone else comes is just like bone chilling. It's so good. I I literally had the chills. It was amazing. Like that's one of the top scenes gets, of the year by far. That gets to an important part is that I feel like this film, regardless of critically what happens, regardless of commercially what happens, this film's kind of culturally important in the fact that it's, yes, we had an Electra superhero film, but it's the first time that <laughs> in this modern age of superhero films that we see a full on, I know, Electra. I wish never happened, but you know, we'll get past it. But it's the first time that there's a superhero movie in, or a female, all like a female led superhero movie. And that's culturally for kids. Like that's fantastic for little girls. What that means, like them looking up to this character and having a woman that they can look up to in this role is fantastic. There's like what this movie stands for, the message it puts forward, the themes that it, tells it's complicated but it deals with so many human things that we deal with it's the best part about it is it's it's not heavy-handed either it all it all serves the plot it's all part of the character development um like i said before like all the men telling her no that was the culture back then and it lends to a lot of humorous moments and character development and then when that no man's land moment happens it's been set up perfectly to just punch you in the gut like it's just it's perfect and from that point on she takes charge and she's the leader of that team and you see everybody come around here and begin to understand okay this woman's legit she's gonna be the one that leads us and it's it's about her character it's about what she stands for and it's about how she makes others around her feel she gives people hope i mean the fact that this movie one of the biggest parts about it is that you know, love wins and that, you know, she is preaching this idea of love is such a cheesy thing in like when you think about it. And when I say it on the podcast, it sounds cheesy, but it works so well within the movie and it's sold perfectly because of how Patty Jenkins has crafted the story and because of how Gal Gadot reacts. And as this character, I mean, I can't say it enough. She's amazing, like in this role. Yeah. I don't I I, I don't see a, a future where she's not a big movie star. This isn't an interstellar Anne Hathaway situation, guys. Like no. It's not no, cheesy love. This is real love. Nope. Real love, <laughs> y'all. Real love. 
Well, and and <laughs> that's and they kind of set she sets the stage for that and saying she Patty Jenkins by kind of giving the backstory of why the Amazons exist. They're created to to remind men of these good things. That's that's where their their origin is. And I think that's part of the reason why um it doesn't feel cheesy when that when that comes out because that's what that's what her people have been there for. They they are prepared to fight, but they were created to remind men of love. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think No, that's a good point. I mean, that's Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like we've we've spent a lot of time talking about this film and I don't want us to go without talking about how great Chris Pine is in this movie and how great his character is his character. Okay. Yeah. His character is what every superhero like B character or love interest should be. This is not a Lois Lane situation. Like I totally believe this relationship. I totally understand like why she would fall in love with him, even though she's like the most badass hero ever. He, he like compliments her in every way. He's a fully fleshed character. His spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. His death has weight. It's not just oh to gosh. give. Yep. It's not just to give Diana pain like it is with Rachel in the Dark Knight. Like when when he sacrificed himself, that was the catalyst for Diana to to make the decisions she makes. He is hugely instrumental in this film and he just, he gives a incredible performance with an incredible character for an incredible script. And yeah, I mean, I, I just think he did a great, great job. And his, his death, like you have the idea of like, okay, well, why wouldn't wonder woman do it when she's pretty much impenetrable? His death is, and his reasoning behind it is summed up so perfectly in one single line it's i can save today you can save the world yeah. and that's all we need like that makes so much sense from there this movie has as far as movie kisses go there are so many times where a kiss feels forced in a movie never has a kiss in a movie felt so natural so deserved so right in a moment that makes you feel what a kiss should make you feel in that moment and not just put it on there to have some sort of romantic subplot in a movie. And his it's fully developed. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say like, I totally agree with you and his performance in the plane as he's like contemplating what he's about Uh, to do. I mean, he just, he brought it on every level and like, I definitely Gal Gadot deserves so much attention for this film, but I think that his performance is really going under the radar when it needs to it, yeah. it needs to be recognized. And I'm not just being like, why isn't the man getting recognition? Why are there women only screenings? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh like he's yeah. serious That's ridiculous at all. We could have a whole conversation <laughs> about how ridiculous yeah, that is. But he he seriously delivers like almost an Oscar caliber performance in this role. Yeah. Ooh. I, I agree. I think I, I have written in my notes that this might be the first like legitimate organic love story in a superhero film maybe ever. Um, yeah, I, I, the only one that I can think of, and this is, you guys are going to laugh at this is, is Michael Keaton's Batman with Vicky Vale is a pretty legit <laughs> love story too. Like those are like real people who actually like each other, not forced together by the plot. 
Um, but but yeah, yeah, this was this the whole the whole sequence um, when they're celebrating the victory in the village of the the drinking and then the dancing and going to the room. That's that is like as intimate and as sensual as as any like romance movie scene. The way that that was shot, the way it was acted, was just it was fantastic. Like there's there was real emotion there. But as Jake was saying. What makes it so good is that you actually feel the weight behind it. So many studios try and get that weight with one film and fail. This movie introduces us pretty much like, let's be honest, Wonder Woman isn't given her due in Batman vs. Superman. So this is really her introduction, to be fair. But this movie introduction introduces us to Wonder Woman and Chris Pine's character. And in one movie, has both of them to where we care about them, has it to where we care about their actual relationship. Not to mention like their, their chemistry between the two of them is amazing. I was half heartbroken when he died strictly because it means that we won't get him in another film because their chemistry is that like, it just works so well. Every single scene, there's not a single hiccup between the two of them. I mean, they have heartfelt moments. They have insanely like the scenes where, she first sees him in the bath and like, there's so much comedy in this movie of wonder woman, just discovering things for the first time, which it's like, that's how somebody would discover things at that time. If they had been held outside of that world for all that time. But it's in those moments, they make it not like, Oh wow. Look at how much of an idiot this person is. It's endearing. It makes us care more about those characters. And it's also hysterical. Like, there's so many things in this movie that just work. I I think I'm talking myself into liking it more and more the more that we stay here. <laughs> well, she's just a really well-rounded character. Pine, Chris Pine's character also, but I think the best thing about her is like compared to um, Henry Cavill's Superman or Ben Affleck's uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne, um, they're just so stereotypical, like archetypes. They, they just fit a specific theme. Um, whereas like Diana and, and Godot, her performance, like she, she likes ice cream. She likes babies. She's nice, but also she's like a freaking badass. And, um, I, she's just a really well, really well care. She's a really well-rounded character that you like within an hour of the film. I loved her. Like I was rooting for her. I was, I was a wonder woman fan. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, it's it's awesome. I the, I feel like I've just been rambling about this film. So <laughs> I think I think the from a characterization standpoint, what her time um, on uh, Themyscira 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 yeah Themyscira. I think what it, what we get is is we get someone who's who's a mature adult, but retains all of the best things about being a child. Like the, the optimism, um, the, the, the ability to easily weigh what's right and wrong and not saying, well, this or this or this, but like, no, like this is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. Um, it's, it's a simple thing. And, and, and her, like I said, her optimism, her, I, I think, um, that's the, that's what draws the difference for me in this film from the other, the other DC films is, is this film is so optimistic. It's, it is kind of dark and it doesn't, it's not necessarily bright and visually, but, it, but the story, the way the characters act, it's, it's very, um, 
It's very um, almost uplifting. Like it's, um, I can't really think of the right word. What what, I, what I'm going for, but but it's um, you don't hate her. Like I hated Man of Steel's Superman and BVS's Batman, but like I love Wonder Woman. Like yeah, I don't. She hate doesn't. Her. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't act out of pain. You actually she, root for that character. Yeah. Yeah. She she acts because she for for two things it, she knows what's right and she can do something about it and that's and that's why she is who she is and i mean that's 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 in there those other characters too but she's not not carrying this pain this baggage with her because i mean even though she says goodbye to her mother and her people she knows that what she's doing is is better is the right thing and just that that positivity that ability to um kind of frame what's actually important is what makes this character who she is. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things about this film is that for a film set in world war one, it has so many messages and themes that are culturally relevant to our world today. I mean, the idea of just because things are bad, just because people are bad, just because there are bad things in the world doesn't mean that the world doesn't deserve your help. Doesn't mean that you can't do something to make it better. I think that's incredibly powerful, and I think that it's amazing that this film, that's a big blockbuster film like this, doesn't shy away from those complicated themes. I mean, you have a character in there who's a drunk who can't do what he's been brought there to do, and instead of just making him a fool, they use him as a as a piece of this movie to show how complicated war is, to show how complicated life is, to show the complications of loss. I mean, it's, it deals with some incredibly complicated themes that you wouldn't expect a big blockbuster film to deal with. And I think that's, well, Jake, like you said earlier, it's not heavy handed about those. It kind of just puts them there and lets you think about them and chew on them for a little bit while it keeps going. And I think that's where some of the true power of this movie is. Yeah, I mean, I've I've rambled on about how much I like this movie, and the the more I talk, the more I love it. It's it's yeah. a great movie, and I definitely want to see it again yeah. in the theater. But does this get you guys excited for Justice League? Sort of. I'm more optimistic. I want to say that. Yeah, I want to say that. Well, I I guess there's one of two things happening here. It's that. Patty Jenkins did what she wanted and didn't listen to the studio and made a great film or the studio finally realized some of their mistakes, maybe because of the way they did this film and the way it's being received. Um, or they made, they figured out what was going on as they were making this film. So, but I don't know which way it's going to go. This could be well, the apparently, high point of the universe. Apparently so this is actually the first film that Jeff Johns, who's the new head of the DC cinematic universe was fully a part of he's sort of their Kevin Feige. Um, and so I think that's hopeful. Um, but I, th- I, I feel better about this film than I feel better about justice league after seeing this film than I did before seeing it. I, I will be curious to try and see if they film any reshoots over the next couple months to try and include more of Wonder Woman because yeah. of how well the critics have received this. That'll be interesting to see, but I, I feel better about Justice League. I think Justice League solely depends on how interesting we find Cyborg, Aquaman, and Flash. We know that Bat- Ben Affleck as Batman's pretty good. We know that we like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, so I think it kind of rests on their shoulders of 
how much weight are they given and how well do they do with that weight? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm concerned because, I mean, it's in the can. It's just in editing now. Um, Snyder is out because of the previous mentioned situation. And once again, best wishes to him and his family. But he needs to be out. He needs to be out of this universe or whatever. Like, clearly, it wasn't working. And things need to change. And this is DC's Iron Man. It's just two movies too late, in my opinion. So we will we'll see what Three. happens. Don't forget about Suicide Squad. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so that's that's our thoughts on Wonder Woman. Let's get to our rating for Wonder Woman. Jake, what would you give Wonder Woman? Uh, I mean, I've been ranting about how much, or I guess the right word is raving. I've been raving about this film. <laughs> um, and, but I, I will say it's not without its faults. You know, there, there are a few areas that this film stumbles in, but overall, I mean, this is, this is everything you want in a summer superhero movie. Uh, and also like, it's just so awesome and encouraging that this is the first women focused superhero movie and it's phenomenal um so i mean that's not what we're basing this off of but it's just a a pro it's just another awesome thing so i'm gonna give this movie uh an a minus it's not perfect but like trevor said it's it's the best movie that i've seen in the theater this summer or maybe even this year so a minus rooms areas it could have been better but like overall really really good movie yeah, I think th- there are, I, I mean, there are some some flaws in this movie. It's not perfect. I'm not sure the flaws are big enough to um, be worth talking about in this context. If we're going to, I don't know, compare it to like The Dark Knight or something, we can start nitpicking. But um, this is, it's it's near the peak of the genre. Um, I'm going to go on the, um, for my rating, I'm going to go on the Roger Ebert scale of, um, and but slightly... Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to use the Roger Ebert scale. I'm going to give it four out of four stars, but note that it's not a perfect film. Um, it does have flaws, but I just I loved it. It was fantastic. I would watch it again. It's it feels like it's going to have good rewatchability. Um, so four out of four stars on the Ebert scale, which you guys know doesn't mean it's perfect. <laughs> doesn't mean that. Um. All right. I. I'm between two ratings and let me. Let me explain this because I think that this will help in understanding how I truly feel about this film. For me, an A plus film is like unless you're in my top twenty five films all time, all time, you're not an A plus. It's not going to get an A plus. A films are like I really enjoy this. It's fantastic. There are very few times that I would give an A plus film or I would give an A plus to a movie on first viewing because. So many movies, what makes them great is the rewatchability or how they sit with you over time. Um, Like, the more I watch Lord of the Rings or Dark Knight, the better those films get and the more that they deserve those ratings. So, I I like this movie a whole lot. Gal Gadot's fantastic. It's second or third on my list of movies this year so far. I think it's behind Logan, but... Just as good as Lego Batman. It's like right there. Um, 
I'm between a B plus and an A. And the more I've talked about it, the more that I... A minus, man. That's that's what that's for. <laughs> I don't like it. An A minus feels like a backhanded compliment in that you got an A, but you got a minus. Well, it's a like, really good movie with some areas it could have done better. A minus. Give it a 9 out of 10. That's an A minus. It's a 9 out of 10. It's a B plus. <laughs> it's like an 89.5 that you round up to a 90. There to you give go. them an A. I'll there tell you, you if I'll... So, I'll if I if I had made this film, I would be so incredibly proud about it that I would tell everyone about it for the rest of my life. Even though you it does also have you so. wouldn't be talking to us right now because you'd be in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. making so much money. Right. That, well, that's if true. you made that film and did this podcast, we would be so much more popular. That's that's definitely true. <laughs> like, can you imagine the end of this? Like, as the credits roll, it's like popcornoptional.com. I mean, we would have millions of listeners so yeah trevor as soon as you can get on that that dream of making something like this that would be that'd be great um all righty well that's our thoughts on wonder woman we're gonna get to our content of the week well, we recommend something that you should check out jake what is your content of the week mine is a youtube channel called lessons from the screenplay if you're a film nerd like me especially if you're like an aspiring filmmaker and you want to try and understand writing and theme development and character development um watching movies is obviously a great way to start but uh one of the best ways is to go to the screenplay and actually read it and try and visualize the film yourself and uh, this youtube channel does an incredible job of breaking down theme character plot development um, uh, story arc and it's just in a really entertaining and education uh, it's done in a really entertaining and educational way that I would just really highly recommend uh, I've learned a lot from it I joke around that uh, I went to film school but I've learned more from YouTube than film school and this is one of those channels where you can learn more than you would learn in film school lessons from the screenplay Trevor what about you all right. Um, since we've talked about how much fun it is to have just uh, a super awesome female hero, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite female heroes. Um, and this is one that I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm going to recommend Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind by Hayao Miyazaki, or directed by <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki, Miyazaki from 1984. Um, if you guys... Um, I know anime is not for everyone, um, but Miyazaki is one of the great filmmakers of all time. Um, his films are just uh, amazing, the way he crafts stories. I think he's one of the great storytellers. Um, but Nausicaa is of a, a, about a great um, kind of teenage young adult heroine who who is in similar to Wonder Woman in a lot of ways. She's she she can fight when she needs to, but she she's optimistic. She looks for the best way, the best the best thing to do. She knows what's right and wrong, um, and, and it's a great film. I should mention I laugh because me and Trevor initially saw that movie in our post-apocalypse and dystopian films class. And I don't know why, but I specifically have a memory in my head of me and Trevor just kind of looking at each other multiple times and being like, what the heck is going on? It's an incredible film. But it, we and it we were like so... not excited about seeing it. We were like, why is he making us watch this anime from 1984? I specifically remember thinking I was going to skip that day. Because I had no interest in seeing it. And but it, I was pleasantly surprised. It was Japan so good. is weird. Japan is weird. <laughs> but they make some great movies. 
Alrighty, my content of the week. If you loved Gal Gadot, you're going to love her in Fast Five. I am unapologetically <laughs> a huge fan of the Fast and the Furious film. Are you? Even the bad movies. Are you, Cameron? I, I will. I am. I, didn't, I will I didn't go know to that. town. <laughs> Wait, are you being sarcastic or serious? I'm, yes, clearly. I know that. Yeah, I, f- I love the series. And this is the, well, she's in Fast Fast and Furious, which is the fourth movie. And that movie is not great, so don't watch that. It's fine. You can skip that one. But Fast Five is by far the best Fast and the Furious movie. And she is by far one of the best parts of that movie. So if you liked her in that, go watch her in, the, in Fast Five because she's fantastic in it. And that movie is just a joy to watch beginning to end. But that's all we have for this week. If you like listening to us, please check out the rest of our episodes on iTunes. If you really like listening to us, please share this podcast. You can go find more about us at popcornoptional.com. You can find us on Twitter at popcornoptional. You can find us at Facebook through popcornoptional. My name is Cameron Selena. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at 321kamitime. Jake, where can we find you online? jakebrown.tv just put that in a url and i'll pop up somewhere um but also if you really liked us hit subscribe and leave us a review because that helps with the itunes algorithm thingamajig thingy trevor what about you Uh, i am on twitter and instagram at turbo trevor and i want to echo what jake said subscribe and rate us um and send us an email tweet at us ask us a question that we could answer on the podcast do something like that Please, we're so lonely. Subscribe, please. Rate, share. Subscribe, rate, share. Hashtag content. Hashtag content. Hashtag hashtag (laughs) content. Alrighty. We've enjoyed talking this week. And we will see you guys next week. So until next week, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya.